You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church at church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Thanks for joining us. Today we're going to be wrapping up our Back to Normal series. And next week we're starting a new sermon series and it's going to tie in really well. And when you think of back to normal, it sounds like we're focusing on going back, focusing on normal. No, that's what we're focusing against, I would say. We're looking to the future. So that's what we've been talking about. Today we're going to be talking about Joshua and Caleb in the Old Testament, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, right in there. And specifically about the stuff going on around them, not as much their life, but just how they had to deal with some things, okay? But let me read you a scripture from Exodus chapter 3, verse 17. This is God speaking, and he says, I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey. So God is telling them he has this awesome future for them. And, and you know that phrase, milk and honey? You've probably heard of that before, right? A land flowing with milk and honey. I mean, it's a phrase that's kind of in our culture. And it comes from that right there, that promise where God says, I've got this awesome future for you with blessings just flowing and flowing and flowing. And so this was the promise that God gave to Israel in Exodus chapter 3. Now, as Israel started moving toward the promise that God had made to them, this promise of this land flowing with all these blessings, they started looking backwards. They started thinking about going back to Egypt. Why in the world would they want to turn around from this promise that God had made to them and go back to Egypt? Because did you see that? God said, I was going to deliver you from your oppression, your afflictions. They were in slavery. And God says, I want to take you to this, this place flowing with all of these blessings. And yet they started looking back to what their normal had been, as horrible as that normal was. Why in the world would they lose sight of this beautiful, awesome gift of a promise, of a blessing, of a, of a future that God had for them and even think about going back because Egypt held their coping mechanisms, all the things that were their normal. That's why they wanted to go back. Things like food. That's one of the things they mentioned several times. They talk about the food back in Egypt. They talk about uh, possibly starving to death out in the wilderness. And so food was one of their coping mechanisms. And, and, and they knew about the food in Egypt. Another thing is the familiarity. You know, I've, I'm a pastor and I've been around quite a few people dying. And when people get close to death, a lot of times they want to be in a familiar place. So if these people were thinking, these Israelites thinking about death, they may have been thinking, let's get back to a familiar place. And that's why a lot of us many times reach back to coping mechanisms because we're struggling with change. We're struggling with things being different and things being different scare, scares us. It, it's, it's not something we're comfortable with all of the time. And so what we do often is we throw away the opportunity for something great, for something awesome, even for something that is in God's plan to be miraculously wonderful to us and we tur turn it aside and throw it away, turn our back on it, look, look to some other direction because it's unfamiliar to us. We have to embrace the fact and understand that our tomorrow is about the dream. Your past is yesterday, your tomorrow is about the dream. And you and I, we also have our coping mechanisms, right? 
and the danger in coping mechanisms is they're just one step away from addictions. And addictions are just like slavery, just like the Israelites in slavery. And so when we turn to coping mechanisms, we're not looking to the future anymore. We're looking to the past. We're, we're looking to something that can make us comfortable in this moment, right? I mean, that's what a coping mechanism is for us. It's something to, to help us cope with where we are right now. It doesn't help us see tomorrow. It doesn't help us get to tomorrow. It doesn't help us embrace what God wants to bring into our life. It helps us deal with where we are and remain where we are. That's why you've got to beware coping mechanisms. I mean, there are good things that we turn into coping mechanisms and there are bad things that become coping mechanisms and even addictions to us. Things like drugs, alcohol, and porn. You know, as, as I was saying just a couple of weeks ago, there is a, a, just a surge, a skyrocket of, of interest in religious things right now as people are in, in this COVID-19 lockdown and everything. But at the same time, a lot of people are turning to, to porn. Online porn is also surging. And so these things that, that we know are detrimental to us, yet we reach out to them to cope, to get there. But we can also turn good things into coping mechanisms. Things like the Israelites, like food. Food's a coping mechanism, right? I know some of you can say a big amen right now. You know, and, and food's a good thing because you gotta have food. We can turn that into, into a coping mechanism or, or, or gaming, you know, uh, online games and things. Nothing wrong with them as long as they're in context, as long as they're in control. But if we're not careful, we use them just to escape. And while we're escaping, nothing's happened in our life. We're not getting there. So, you know, a little while every day is not a big problem until they become an addiction. So here's, here's the beware. Here's, here's the, the warning. Here's the caution for you. Look into your life, identify what, maybe, maybe you don't have a coping mechanism that you're, that you're relying on right now. Maybe you haven't fallen to an addiction, but identify what would be the thing that, that you would rely upon like that. What would be that thing? And make sure that you set your parameters to not fall into that, okay? All right, so now let's go to the second thing I wanna tell you today. Yesterday, has a special draw to us because it is familiar. It, it is understandable. I mean, think about it. You understand everything about your yesterday, right? I mean, before we went into the lockdowns and people were working from home, you could tell me all kinds of things about your job, right? You knew exactly how many minutes it took to, to get to work and you, you knew uh, probably how many vacation days and all those kinds of things. But now looking forward into the future, I mean, really, tell me, without looking at your calendar, and maybe your calendar wouldn't even help answer this question, but tell me, what's your life look like two weeks from Thursday? What's, it, what, what's gonna happen two weeks from Thursday? You know, in, in, your, in, in your recreation time, or at work, or whatever. What's it gonna look like? We don't know. And that's why yesterday holds such a draw to us. Things are understandable. But someone has to help everyone understand today and tomorrow. That's what Joshua and Caleb did. When the Israelites kept thinking about going back, going back to Egypt, going back to normal, going back to familiar, going back to their coping mechanisms, Joshua and Caleb had to, had to explain to them. They had to, they had to give them understanding of where they were going. They had to keep reminding them. Now, there were a lot of people that could do this, 
but the best we could tell as far as the as far as the aged and the elders that were there it was only Moses Joshua and Caleb that were speaking these kinds of things they were the ones and so here's the question today where are the Joshua's and Caleb where are the Joshua's and the Caleb's that that our our world needs right now the ones that, that know what God has spoken, what He wants to do, the promises of His Word, the power of His Spirit, the, the, the efficacy of the blood of Jesus to wash away every single sin, to, to prepare for us an eternity and give us an, a life of abundance right now. Where are the Joshua's and the Caleb's? And I think I'm talking to a bunch of them right now. You are that. You are a Joshua and a Caleb. And let me remind you what Joshua and Caleb had to endure. And think about that word there as I say it again real slowly. Joshua and Caleb had to endure. They had to endure things. I mean, they, they didn't just speak one time and everybody said, oh, this is awesome, and everybody got right back on track. No, people kept saying over and over and over. I mean, they, they, they spoke about the food. They spoke about all that, spoke about going back to Egypt, spoke about dying in the wilderness all the time, it seems. But Joshua and Caleb had to keep saying it. They had to endure whining. They had to endure complaining. They had to endure the second guessing. They had to endure the fears and, and the worries and the accusations and attacks that were levied against them. And they didn't just endure them because I think sometimes when we think of that word endure, it's like just hanging on, you know, just they didn't just get by. They had to keep people moving. They had to keep people focused on the tomorrow dream. They had to keep speaking words of positive faith. They, they had, to, had to maintain uh, this, this forward think, thinking to point people toward God and point people toward that tomorrow that He was bringing to their life. So the second thing I'm telling you today is keep the tomorrow dream alive. Speak words of positive faith and keep pointing toward tomorrow. Don't, don't let anyone look back. Anyone that's in your life, keep pointing toward tomorrow. Okay, so here's the third thing open it like this, is why am I including Caleb with Joshua? Joshua and Caleb. Okay, now there's a story that, that uh, they were together in, in the first time that there was conflict about whether we go forward to the promise or we back up. And they were together in this, but there's more to it than that. Uh, Joshua was the leader that, that uh, Moses handed everything off to, the God-appointed leader. But we don't see that with Caleb. Caleb didn't have a, a license. He didn't have an ordination certificate hanging on the wall. You know, he, he didn't have anything like that. Why do we consider Caleb a leader? Just because he was. He wasn't appointed. He didn't have any training to be, but he became a leader just because of the place he found himself. And he refused to allow people to turn around and go back. He refused to not continue to push people forward and to expect. If you're a Christian, you are a spiritual leader. And I know that probably goes against some of your grains. I, I, I mean, if you listen to the world, spiritual leaders are, are the preachers and the priests and the rabbis and those. But if you are a Christian, you are a spiritual leader. That's the third thing I want you to get today. You are a spiritual leader. You are the example that people are watching when, when you live out your life in front of people as a Christian, you are telling them this is what it looks like to follow Christ. You're a spiritual leader. Now, granted, we may not all do it very well, 
and we probably all don't do it well all the time. There are probably some times that, you know, God has wanted me to turn in my t-shirt, you know, that, that pointed out that I was a Christian or went to this church or whatever. And so we haven't all done it well at times, but whatever we do, we're spiritually leading other people. They're watching us. Even if they don't want to follow us yet, they're still watching us. If they're just looking for an excuse, if they're looking for something to challenge Christianity, they're still looking at us. So this last year, it's been a time of spiritual unrest in a good way, where a lot of the leaders of 2911 have said, God is stirring something. It's uneasy, I'm, I'm uncomfortable, I don't know what's going on. Over the last couple of months, you and I have had to deal with total upheaval of our lives. Everything has changed. I'm preaching in my backyard to a camera instead of actually getting to see your face as I'm preaching to see if you're really getting it or not. So everything has been turned upside down. You know, and your own personal lives, I'm sure there's some things that have happened for some of you, some big things that have happened, some, some big struggles, some big storms in your life. But here's the question, right? Here's the question. You're a spiritual leader. So how have you dealt with those things? How have you handled them? How have you weathered the storm? How have you weathered the storms of your life? Have you just given up and said, I'm just going to go to maybe my coping mechanism? Have you just given up? Or have you said, no, I don't understand it, but I'm going to hang in here anyway? How have you dealt with those things? Have you kept up your, your prayer life, your devotional life? Have you kept up your faith? Because you're a spiritual leader. This, this is the time that separates the boys from the men, as they say, right? It's the time where, where things are different. And perhaps God didn't orchestrate this to take us somewhere, but He's going to use this to take us somewhere. This, this spiritual uneasiness and discomfort that leaders of our church have had. He, God is using this to take us somewhere. This COVID-19, I mean, he's, he's kicked all of us out of our buildings and made us embrace uh, online and, and some other things in our ministries. And even the storms in your life, God can turn those things around and make big, beautiful, awesome dreams happen because God dreams the most awesome dreams that anyone could ever dream. So let me remind you of the three things I've told you today. First of all, beware the coping mechanisms that keep you in the place that you are, that do nothing to help you make progress into the dream that God wants to give you. Then secondly, keep that tomorrow dream alive. Speak positive words of faith, even to yourself, and keep that going. And lastly, remember, you're a spiritual leader. Someone is following you. There's an old phrase that people used to use, and I want to change it just a little bit, okay? Because you are the first Bible most people will ever read. You may not be the only Bible they'll ever see, but your life is the first Bible, the first witness many people will ever see that will lead them closer or potentially further away from Jesus. So remember, you're a spiritual leader. So let's close in prayer. And if this big, beautiful, awesome dream that I've talked about, if it's something that you don't really have a grasp on yet, but you'd like to know more about, man, text us, 476-2911, and let us know. We'll send you some information. We'd love to pray with you about any needs you have. But the first step, as always, 
asking Jesus to forgive your sins, believing who he says he is, the Son of God that died on the cross for our sins, and just acting on that faith. And so I want to ask you, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, to start with me there in this prayer, and then let us pray and wrap up this series today of not going back to normal. Father, I love you and thank you so much, God, again for every promise of your word and the promises of your word that tell us if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. God, for someone right now today who for the very first time is acting on that faith that they do believe that Jesus is the Son of God who died to take away our sins, God, I ask you, Lord, to wash away their sins and God, start fulfilling that dream that you have for their life also. Help us, God, to not sit in the place that we are, to not allow coping mechanisms to hold us back or for us to even step into addictions. But God, help us keep looking forward. Help us keep pointing toward that big, beautiful, awesome tomorrow dream that you have for us. God, remind every one of us, every Christian, remind us that we are spiritual leaders. Someone is watching me. Someone needs to know who Jesus is. And the first thing they're going to see of Jesus is my life. Remind us of that. And I pray in Jesus' name that you fulfill every single dream that you have ever dreamed for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. You can email our prayer team at prayer at church2911.com or text us at 205 476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting church2911.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. Thanks for listening to the 2911 Sermons Podcast. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.